Welcome to Airwaves, the official podcast of the Naval Air Systems Command. I'm your host, Michael Lauren Prue. The COVID-19 pandemic is changing the way we work. For many of us, our home is now the office, and we are finding new and innovative ways to get our jobs done. But for one Navair team, it's just business as usual. Joining us today is Marcy Spiata, Navair's Deputy Program Manager for Multi-Mission Tactical Unmanned Aerial Systems, to tell us how her program office continues to make an impact in a distributed work environment. Marcy, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Michael Lauren. It is great to be here today. So despite the COVID-19 social distancing restrictions, your team hasn't missed a beat. What has enabled the program office to continue to be so productive? Thankfully, the 266 team was ready to go because we've been mobile working uh, since uh, last year, full capacity since September, October timeframe of uh, 2019. And at least everybody was working two days a week, and I actually was doing one day a week. Because we had a teleworking or mobile working workforce already, they were able to do that instantaneously. And in fact, we went a week ahead of NAVAIR before we were told to go maximum teleworking. And because they had done this, Captain Soderberg and I were able to really concentrate on how to assist the teams in this change from being at work or at home to just at home and pretty much isolation. We also recognized that this wasn't normal teleworking or mobile situation, that we were dealing with something more than than we had prepared for, such as isolation issues, health issues, to our other team members needing to teach their children at home. So we immediately communicated specific program goals that we really wanted the team to focus on during this time. From radar testing of our MQ-8C to contract award of a couple aircraft for the Marines in theater and also uh, supporting our counter UAS installs. So what we did is we set up meetings with the leads to ensure we were having a check-in at least once a week in order to discuss what was going on within their work environment and what they were supposed to be getting done, but also checking in on the members of their teams. We reviewed calendars and minimized the amount of meetings. We also looked at how to establish communication from personal emails from the captain uh, sending out weekly messages that includes accomplishments that each team was making. And we even conducted an all hands to give out awards. Right now, I would say it's hard for each of us because this is a difficult challenge even for 266. But my team, uh, and Captain Soderbergs and my team, they're out there contributing and meeting their goals that we set for them. And it is amazing to know that they couldn't have done it just on their own. This also is a collaborative from NAVAIR across. We still need BFMs and legal and contracts, and we need the people that support us from Wolf. We need the people that support us on the NOC AD side, and everyone out there has adapted quickly that has made us be successful and see the results that we are seeing. You started working remotely back in October. So what prompted you to push for an agile workforce scheme? So there's several things. The biggest one was to improve the quality of life from for our members of the team. So our buildings, we have two, they're very old and actually past useful life. We were also outgrowing our spaces. We had three new uh, big programs uh, dropped into 266 
and basically there wasn't enough space to have a traditional work office area. Also, we were um, concerned about some of the commute time that people were doing, and attracting new talent is a big one, especially kids coming out of uh, colleges. This is not the way that they don't work the way that we're used to. And the, the fourth one that kind of has come about is that we don't have all the talent that we need down here at Pax River. So this, experimenting with this, has allowed us to be able to tap into the talent that we need from people across the United States and to be able to utilize them and, and learn that it's not terrible not to be able to see somebody that is working for you. If they're giving you the product and they have that expertise and can support you, you're going to get your job done. So it sounds like you had a lot of really good reasons to go into a mobile work environment. Now, when you made the decision to do this, how did you prepare the program office to work remotely? So there was one program office that was ahead of us, and that was PMA 205, the training program office. And they had the pilot program not using NMCI, the Navy Marine Corps uh, Internet. So we were not allowed to go to something different than NMCI. So with that, though, we, we couldn't model them exactly, but certainly they had a lot of expertise and had, uh, were quite a bit ahead of us. So we spent time with them. We couldn't replicate theirs, but we did learn and we did implement some of the things that they had already done because we didn't really want to recreate that wheel. I can't overstate or overemphasize communicate, communicate, communicate. It is really important. And then the team involvement. So we really listened to our team. We solicited our team for feedback and how to do it from, and even after implementing it, we did town halls, surveys, definitely putting out emails. And quite frankly, the team pretty much trust me. They gave me their feedback sometimes just verbally. We received also um, support and buy-in up front from supervisors, leads, unions, the command itself. We had to establish several working groups. First was HR and legal together with us. They provided a lot of help because they worked with the unions. They helped us nail down our policy and uh, they provided us training um, along with security. We also got a couple other groups, and the biggest support is from the digital group here on the base. They wanted us to be successful, and they're still continuing to make us successful. And quite frankly, we probably would not have done it without that particular group. The last thing that um, is kind of important and nobody will think about is going paperless. So we were striving to be paperless at the same time. This is very difficult. Even I like to print out things every once in a while. But with this going 100% teleworking right now, that has made it a whole lot easier. And I think we'll see less paper when people come back into a, a different type of mobile situation. The other thing is we didn't roll out everything at the same time. We phased our approach. So the first thing we did is we took a small little team of three people and we put them out there 100%, five days a week. And then they experimented and they gave us some feedback. Then we took one IPT and we sent them out for two days a week. And then eventually five to six months later, we released everybody. But then we also allowed the IPTs to have the authority to determine how they wanted their teams to work, what days they wanted them in. Was it just two days of teleworking? Was it every day was uh, possible in the week? So we allowed the, the 
the teams to uh, make that determination. And we also didn't make people telework. We do have a handful of people who have decided that five days a week in the office is what was for them because of home situations or they just feel more comfortable. And that is okay too. And then the last group that we put together, which is the group that continues to go, is a change management group. I think this is also just like the IT group and the digital group helping us change management group. And it's very important to pick people from your program office, but also uh, from outside of the program office. So we we had people from the NOC AD, we had people from the PEO that, that continue to sit in on that change management group. I think it's incredibly interesting that you took it step by step to kind of check out things along the way. I, re- I really like that. What have you learned from working remotely? A lot. It isn't for everyone, and it shouldn't uh, have to be, as I've already discussed. Some, they needed to be in five days a week. We have seen that change. Some of them like, well, when we return to kind of back to normal, we want to stay remote and, and work from our home some of those days. So that, that's been kind of a, a good game changer for us. And also recognizing that all positions can't be mobile. Also, in, in this time, you, you don't want to duplicate the flow of work that occurs in the office as you go to telework because that flow is going to change. And that's one thing that, that we recognized um, early. Uh, mobile working requires a, a reassessment of your meetings and the way that you do things and the tools that you use and how you need to create a new standard or practice that is different from the traditional workspace. Also, standard seating is not going to be the same. So our seats are no longer assigned to individual, except for those couple that are, are there permanently. Offices should give thought to how they want to arrange that. We use hub seating, which allows our groups to be, in this case, IPTs, and that fosters that communication and uh, hyper uh, learning. But uh, 205, for instance, the other program office I talked about, they have an open floor plan and theirs is in collaboration and quiet space. So neither are right or wrong, um, but it is important to assess the unique requirements that the different groups would have as you're moving towards this. So I know we've all faced some challenges as we've tried to switch to a remote work environment over the past few weeks. What hurdles did you encounter in the beginning when you were trying to formulate this mobile office? So we we were lucky. We had a lot of support to make us successful. And some of the success comes from upper leadership, from the PEO, UNW, to HR, to legal, IT, that digital group, even the NOC command was there to help us make this successful. And so it, it does take that upper leadership to, to make that continue. One of the things that, that we kind of encountered is that people had this con- this misconception that mobile means a full day. And so what we worked on is mobile means maybe you just come in for one meeting and you go some other location, because I said mobile doesn't necessarily mean your home. And so what we found a lot of people doing, especially single parents or even parents that uh, would put their kids on in the morning and they would come in a little later and maybe the other, the spouse would take the afternoon. Some would try to miss that commute, work those hours at home when all the traffic was on the roads and then come in and then hit, hit home before that traffic returned. So we had that 
But the one of the biggest hurdles that we had to overcome is the IT piece. So that VPN connection from home. I never am going to say COVID-19 is lucky, but one of the things that has done for us is that the Navy is uh, improving that VPN connection. There is no way we would have um, been able to do it as successfully if they wouldn't have with this amount of people out. And then the other thing that is a bit of a challenge is we continually remind everyone that mobile working is a privilege and not a right. And that sometimes we need to bring people back in for bigger projects or sometimes when they're just not very successful at mobile working and we need to just realign them and and get them going again. So those are some of the challenges that we have had. Early in our conversation, you mentioned the importance of communication. What are some tools that you have found to help you communicate, to help you keep your teams going, to really make it easier to work through this virtual situation? So Office 365 is really the the game changer. I think, though, that there are still quite a lot of people on the base here that don't understand exactly what Office 365 can offer because they're not really using the portal. But the one main thing on there that is not in the portal is the Skype. And Skype, you can video chat, you can audio chat, you'd send quick little messages. Uh, The unfortunate thing right now is We were also lucky we were prepared for it. Uh, A lot of us have the cameras and the the headphones in order to use Skype effectively. That I my understanding is they're a little hard to get right now, but that is something that each team is if they decide to continue doing mobile working after this, that is that's gonna be a must. But Skype as good as it is, Teams is what we need. And I just got the Teams client-based. Right now you can use Teams out in the portal, the web-based one. We are testing it out right now, though, client-based, and I'm already excited about it because it the video chat, the audio chat is there. You can, and then it's a collaborative tool, so you can be working on a document together at the same time, or you can put it out to you just do your channel, you throw your stuff out there, and you start working together. So there's a lot of capability there that we are really looking forward, our group, our program office to tap into. Also, I recommend looking at a SharePoint site. Uh, if, If program offices or other teams do not have a SharePoint site, that's another very useful solution. So we use it as our repository for our official documentation. But I didn't really realize that we could use it for a collaboration tool also until right now. So different to things that I have to approve out, they'll send it to me on a, a link. And at the same time, I can work with uh, my ops wherever they're at as we are making the changes. So SharePoint. Also SharePoint, you can put a a flow in there for review and approval and signatures for documentation. So if you're officially routing that through, uh, SharePoint will work to do that. Office 365 also has something, but once again, it is not, it's not down on our computers yet. Marcy, you've certainly offered up a lot of great tips today, but what would you say is your biggest piece of advice for teams who are new to the remote work environment? reach out to the people who have been doing it. So reach out to 205, the training PMA, reach out to us in uh, 266. Gather your lessons learned during this time, I think is one of the most important things that you can do. Get, Get the lessons learned, talk with your people, find out what they liked, what they didn't like, what worked for them. 
and go from there. The tools and the capability are only going to get better from here and then just kind of document and go through some of the, the things I've talked about of your different groups to set up and reach out for help. And I want to talk about stress. I mean, we certainly all have faced some new stressors as we move into a remote work environment. So what can we as individuals do to still make an impact while working from home? So one of the things that we noticed up front with the, the, that first team of three people that we sent out is they were working more hours than they should have. It is really easy to be working from home and think, oh, I need to go, I should have done that. And you just jump right back on your computer and off, off you go. And before you know it, you've got an 11, a 12 hour day in that, although sometimes necessary, shouldn't probably be done on a regular basis. So it's setting up your core hours, your hours and stopping and walking away. One way that you can do that is first use Skype for your availability. I don't know if people know that, but Skype gives you a busy and out of the office, offline, I'm available, and you just set that. And teams will do the same thing when we get that client-based. And also dedicate a specific space that you can close off and walk away from. That actually will help you keep in that right mindset so that you are not doing too much work. So Marcy, as we close out today, tell me what you've noticed as some of the benefits to working remotely. Uh, Thanks for asking that question. We took a survey back in November when we had released everybody 100% to uh, mobile working. And then we just completed one here last week and we have those results back. So according to the 266 team, they stress at work every day went down by 7% during this time. And prefer teleworking over traditional space, telework increased by 5% to 85% prefer doing it. And the third one is, do you feel productive at home? That remained the same, interestingly enough, at 90%. But we did receive some other anecdotal type information from our team, and that is that uh, 100% telework is difficult. So I think overall we still feel that there has to be some social interaction within the program office or in our office spaces, but definitely it has been a big benefit to the teams. So I, I think the big benefit is it gives flexibility in people's lives. If they have a doctor's appointment, sometimes you would take the whole day off. And now you don't have to do that. You can work at home, go to your doctor's appointment and take off. How about if you had a school event at lunchtime that you wanted to do with your kid? You get to go. As long as you don't have any meetings or something that you had to do, you can scoot out there at lunchtime if it's closer to home and and you can do that. So it really gives a lot back to our people who are putting in a lot of time to support our warfighter out there. I think this is a good move and I think we're gonna see Naver as a whole go more towards this after this COVID-19 and I look forward to watching it. But the one thing that I leave everybody with is please don't forget your families. Marcy, I really appreciate you joining us today. Lots of great information on how to be successful in a remote work environment. And that's it for this edition of Airwaves. Thanks for listening.